0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country throughout Australia from which we conduct our podcast. We would like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today, I'm joined with Josh Moriarty. Did I pronounce it correct?
1: Yeah, that's how you say it.
0: Good. You know, I read your name because there was a there was a surfer. He died, but he I think his name's Jay Moriarty.
1: Right. There's and a few Moriartys around.
0: That's what I thought. Not, I was wondering. not
1: too many, but yeah. Okay. Oh well. Sorry, Jay. No.
0: <laughs> There's a movie about him. It's called Chasing Mavericks. If you've ever seen it a great
1: i I haven't seen it no what happened to him
0: he was like this big wave surfer um the movie was like about him being a kid and um the there's this big mavericks wave um that was like meant to be a myth and he ended up surfing it and he didn't die from that but like years and years later he um drowned just like free diving which was really sad but yeah it's just like an old story
1: okay are you a surfer?
0: I'm not. Um, <laughs> I enjoy going to the beach. I enjoy trying and attempting to surf. Um, wouldn't call myself a surfer, but I do enjoy the culture. Love a good surfing movie.
1: Okay, that that explains it.
0: Yeah. So, I hear you have your own podcast. Yeah, I do. How is I it? Is it good fun? It. Why, why? did you? When did you start that?
1: Five years ago. Really? Yeah, it's been going for quite some time. It's been a little slow recently. I need to. I have been kicking things back into gear, but it's just been taking me a minute. There's a lot going on at the moment. So I'm just trying to prioritize whatever is important. And saying that, I'm finishing an episode today. So oh. that's cool. Yeah, I talked to my friends and musicians and artists and people that I like about, I don't know, what it is that they do. I started it because I had a lot of, been meeting a lot of people that I admired who were sort of becoming my friends, I suppose, just through touring and playing music around the place. And I had a lot of questions I wanted to ask them, but it felt a bit weird doing it when you were just (laughs) hanging out as buds. Yeah. So I thought a more official capacity was the way to delve a little deeper. And that's kind of how it started. Yeah. How about you? Why, why, why this?
0: Well, I started this during with one of my friends. He doesn't do it anymore with me because he's life. Um, but we started it right at the beginning of COVID um, because, I don't know, we assumed through, through our uni course because we do a music uni course and just through life that we would kind of be able to mingle and network and go to gigs and meet people and then it kind of all just kaplunked um, because of COVID. Ah. So we were like, it would be nice to just meet some people, get to know people, have a chat during lockdown, something sure. exciting to look forward to. Yeah. So
1: you, you play music yourself as well. You said you're studying?
0: Yeah, well, we study entertainment management or like within the music industry. So it's mm-hmm. like booking agents, events, management, that side of things.
1: Sure. I can see your guitar. In
0: the I background. do. I do play yeah. a little bit of music myself. Yeah. I play piano and guitar in my own spare time.
1: Do you have a band or anything? Is it any good? Are you any good?
0: I do, well, I wouldn't say I'm horrible. I kind of just do it for myself. I write a bit, but it's like, I don't know. I'm a bit, critical of myself to get it out there
1: yet yeah sure we all are
0: yeah but I'm getting there we're all, there. I we're all like, critical
1: of you yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like I'll get there one day I just need that one good song that I'm like yes that's the one
1: yeah just keep yeah. writing lots of them eventually maybe one will be good you just exactly. gotta do it over and yeah. over and over really
0: When did you start, like, I guess, writing? Or when was the moment that you kind of were like, I'm going to put this out there and this is going to be something that I want to pursue?
1: Yeah. Young, I suppose. Well, not like young, young, but 14, 15, something like that. Teenager. The first band that I was in, we were... Yeah, in New Zealand, there was a thing called the Smoke Free Rock Quest. And it was a high school band competition. They don't really have that in Australia, do they? They've got like Triple J High on it
0: yeah.
1: But this was like, you had to perform and that they had the you do a regional one so we did the wellington one and then if you qualified then you played at the wellington regional final and then if you won that you went to the national final to compete against all the bands from around the rest of the country and in the final there'd be like eight or nine bands one from auckland christchurch dunedin wellington And as every year progressed, we got a little further. The first year when I was 14, we got nothing. And then the next year we won, uh, maybe we came third in the Wellington one, which meant we got to record. So we recorded it. That was the first time we'd been in a studio, probably like 15 years old. And then the next year we won the Wellington one, went to the final, but uh, lost to Evermore. Remember that band Evermore? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they bet us that and that. Yeah, we hated them though. Fuck, oh, their music's fucking shit. Because <laughs> we were sort of quite new metal sounding at the time. We thought they were pussies. Yeah. And then the following year, we got second place in the national final and got beaten by those guys they became a band called die 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 you might not probably won't know them but they were around a while back anyway um so yeah started playing music from when i was a teenager and really just haven't stopped it's been in bands constantly since then recording it never goes away
0: yeah nice and when so did you were you born in New Zealand?
1: Yes, I was in And then when did yeah.
0: you move
1: here? When I was 20 with the guys from that high school band that I was in. So we finished high school, I'm um, like class of 2001.
0: Really? Okay, so that was...
1: yeah. How old are you, Vic? When were you born?
0: I was born in 2001.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's when I finished high school.
0: <laughs> right, so how many years ago? 20
1: well you tell me how old you are and then yeah
0: tw- oh it's right yes <laughs> yeah,
1: 20 years ago yeah it was 20 years ago but i i didn't move to melbourne until 2004 right so we spent a couple of years out of high school just playing in wellington um yeah just sort of trying to do it as a like real band once you've left high school like as our main pursuit but it was difficult obviously and then it didn't really happen in New Zealand we didn't like being there anymore felt like a change and moved to Melbourne and never really looked back
0: nice have you been yeah back since
1: like do you have family of course of course yeah yeah I haven't not been back to Wellington in 18 years or whatever uh I'd usually go back every I mean initially I'd go back every year and then um now it's sort of maybe been every few years yeah yeah. my brother's there with his kids so i need to go see him Mum and dad moved here a few years ago my sister lives here so there's not as many people there that i need to go see anymore but it's always kind of yeah your life yeah
0: for sure um i want to hear about i don't know how you juggle being in what your solo project you're a third of telenova who are killing it yeah. as well um and frontman of miami horror so yeah there's
1: a few things to do
0: tell me how all these things came about and how you managed to do it all
1: yesterday i was asleep a lot it was i never i was really tired yesterday it was weird i got up i couldn't do any work i sort of try to do my meditation. Then I fell asleep. Then I sat on the couch for another hour. And then I was sitting at my computer thinking about working. And I just started falling asleep with my head in my hands. I think I'd been doing too much work the week before. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of creative stuff to be doing. I guess when your brain gets used, just... Maybe using your brain more than using your body. No, fuck it. Everything's tiring when you get a little bit older anyway. Actually, everything's just tiring, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, the week before I'd been working on, I had three people that who I'm producing and then a fourth guy who I'm working with who I'm producing his stuff. And then we were doing Telenova as well. So I think, yeah, like producing five people and like five days of the week having a different project. It did exhaust me so i have just enough time miami horror now uh benjamin plant is the head horror he's the main horror he's in charge of that i have always kind of like I songwrite with him when he, when I'm in LA or when he's here, and but he takes care of all of what's going on. I just turn up and play usually, which is pretty cool. And then now it's sort of like I do that when I can, but yeah. the band can function without me. That they did a tour, they've done one tour without me, which was the first one. It was a couple of years ago. I needed a break, and so now I think we know that it. I'll always try and do it if I can find the time, but Telenova is going to take... Um precedence whatever they say priority Priority, that's right and then the solo stuff is just really on my own time because i have to do it just to get it out of my songs out of my brain or i'll go mental but in terms of like trying to be the biggest joshua moriarty rock star on the planet play my own music that's not the main thing it's just when i yeah so this time you've just got to prioritize what is the most important and at the moment it's definitely Telenova because that's all feeling and going pretty well and it's really really fun as well we all like hanging out Cool.
0: do you write at all for Telenova as well?
1: yeah yeah most of the music I write like the chords and the, the guitar like so I don't know
0: how do you differentiate something for yourself or for anyone else really compared to something for Telenova?
1: yeah i think the way it works is because when we do telenova we write everything on the day on the spot right you know? so, okay, cool. so it's not like anything's groove ever really too pre-prepared but definitely there are times with you know sitting at the piano or playing the guitar or whatever when something feels like it belongs in a particular oh yeah that feels like it would work for my solo stuff more so than you have a bunch of baskets and you can put things Things in. But yeah, telling over is easy like that. It's we sort of get together for a day. Um, someone's always got like a seed of inspiration. Whether it's like, oh, we really like the drum beat from that song I heard on the radio the other day, and you sort of pinch one element from a song that we like from somebody, and then just muck around until we have something yeah it's all been quite seamless and relatively easy (laughs) yeah
0: i read something the other day that i thought was interesting well not the other day it was a little while ago but um that drum beats are the only thing that can't be um like copyrighted
1: i think that is true i i'm under the impression that that is true because i've been stealing i've been stealing the shit out of heaps of drum beats (laughs) recently Been using lots of drum samples, and yeah, I'm really hoping that I'm not going to get sued.
0: No, I don't think you will. I thought it was really interesting because I was like, surely not. Like that would suck if you came up with something really cool and just someone else could just come out and just rip you off completely. But um, someone explained it to me that like I don't know, there's not much variety in drum patterns all the time, and it's kind of put over
1: it. It's weird though because you're still well, yeah. So you can't. You can't steal. But hang on. Were they talking about actually like using the sample, like the recorded sample, no. or just the pattern?
0: Yeah, just the pattern. Because I'm sure if you use the sample, you had to. You're probably going
1: to. Yeah. Have. See, I've been stealing the samples. Oh! <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what everyone was doing in the 90s. That's what people have been doing for years. Like,
0: Yeah, I'm drumming. sure you'll be right.
1: Yeah, I just don't know quite how to disguise it. Because, yeah, you're using the master. You're using someone else's master. Like yeah. if you're using a recording by someone else, you've got to pay them in some way. But I think drums are still, even with that being the case, you can kind of get away with it a little more. But the whole suing people for copying your music, it fucking pisses me off so much. It gets me furious. I just think music is everyone's inspired by everyone else everyone has stolen a piece of music at some point everyone's borrowing and to yeah like suddenly say oh that guy ripped me off you owe me you know it's just like fuck off
0: yeah i know I, it's just about i don't even think it's about getting hurt that someone ripped you off i think it's just about the money like yeah that's just that's, that's really from it Yeah, which is that's, even that's
1: worse yeah, it's just greed. It's Yeah, because if you're about upset about
0: this. it, fair enough. <laughs> like if so, if you're really hurt that you've worked hard for something and blah blah blah. But that's usually not the case.
1: No, no, it's pure purely for greed. I, I heard a manager was telling me the other day, and he's pretty I don't think it's bullshit because he knows stuff. He was telling me that by the time Uptown Funk was finished with mark ronson like the amount of people who took songwriting shares it ended up going into the negatives where mark ronson actually like has to pay like 10 percent when it gets used now because someone's like it ended up like more than 100 percent share got taken by people through the lawsuit so he's actually in the negatives
0: that is so stiff Holy yeah.
1: shit. the one the really annoying one about that is because the um what is it so there's that song oops upside the head oops upside the head hmm. and that's the, that's how it goes right so they did uptown funk you up uptown funk you up but like if, if you're the first person to go and record it, what you could just sue everyone forever for using that, that like rhythm because it's not even notes. Because he, he just says, yeah. like, up, town, you up. He's not even really using notes there. It's like rap. Um, anyway, it makes yeah. me mad. A lot
0: of blurred lines as well. It's like, what can I even do without? Yeah, seeing- well, bl-
1: blurred lines was the fucking where it yeah. started. <laughs> True. And that one was total bullshit because it's not even in the same key. They're using no samples from it. It's like it's a fucking different song. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's like a homage to it, but in a completely new way. And they paid millions for that fucking Marvin Gaye estate.
0: Ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like
0: um, so you released a single recently. Where yeah. back, what is this track about? How did it come?
1: Um, um, I guess it's the idea of people taking power back or sort of like not being. I don't know, it's probably the world is in constant turmoil, there's a yeah. fight going on forever, and no one will ever win, no one will ever completely lose. It's just humanity. There's no like utopic, utopia place where we will get to, but I guess it's just was sort of a bit of a commentary of where things have felt like they've been and this idea of like using your spirit to be like yeah it's okay we're coming back we're gonna fight this or whatever it sounds lame when I explain it but it feels okay when I sing it
0: it does it does feel okay it's a good song
1: (laughs) thank you yeah I don't usually like to talk about what songs are about very often really that's just, interesting yeah i mean it's just i think people can i i, I sort of like would be like just use your own interpretation yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, but because that sounds lame as well but maybe talking about music in general always just sounds lame in yeah, all... <laughs> but yeah. yeah that's that's kind of what it was about i stole some chords from someone for the intro i'm not gonna say who i stole them off nope. it's a famous australian artist and then the rest of the song doesn't sound anything like that but it was a good starting point that kind of got me started. And then the rest, once I got there's an intro and then it gets down to the E chord and that's becomes a tonic. And then after that, it's sort of just, I don't know. My, that your ear, like, you follow where you think the music is telling you to lead. Yeah. It's like a weird, like, if you blur your eyes, you can sort of see where you need to go. And it all came together pretty easily. I don't think yeah. it was a difficult song to write. Maybe I laboured over the lyrics probably more than anything else because you've got to say something decent. Otherwise, what's the point in opening your mouth?
0: <laughs> True that. Mm. Um, you also did a video with it. Was that at Brunswick Ballroom? Yeah. Oh,
1: cool, cool. I really like the Brunswick and Will, who runs it, is very lovely. He's been very kind to me over the last little while. I'm playing my album launch there on the 9th of December. I don't know when you air this, but if you air this before then, we'll be out. Yes, come on, come on down, everybody. I'm putting. Yeah,
0: I'll come and, down. That sounds great.
1: Sure, Vic. Yeah, do it. It'll be, fun.
0: <laughs> It'll be brilliant. And so you, is and this- you also speaking of have an album coming
1: uh, yeah yeah
0: let's talk about that melancholia
1: that is my album yes i recorded it the year it must have been 2019 just took a while to get it out and did it in la with the australian producer named tony buchan he's amazing was great to work with we got on very well we both had very similar ideas of what we thought it needed to be and sound like he has lots of connects to brilliant musicians over there so every session he'd arrange someone to come and play the drums or someone to come and play the harp or the violin or whatever it was that we needed and then him and I would play the bass parts, sort of between the two of us, because he's a sick bass player, and so am I. I will self-proclaim <laughs> myself as a fucking great bass player. My one of my favourite great players of all time, me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, between us and a few other musicians, we got it all done over the space of a year while I was there on you know, meeting up with Miami Horror and living there sort of intermittently as well. And now it's time to put it out and nice. now I can move on with my life, which feels good.
0: Cool. And what what is Melancholia? Why is this the title?
1: Well, the last one was called Romantica and I kind of wanted to stay in the same theme, but I definitely think uh god emotionally i don't know whatever like my feelings i was a little melancholy when i was writing it so it just seemed like a cool way to tie it in with the record before because they feel they're very like they're companions i think they sound similar and they're created in the same like sort of through the same inspiration of music that i had it over those years but this one i melancholy i'm singing a little more on the last one i didn't really feel like singing because I was fucking sick of hearing my voice. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think that's the problem that people don't even realize sometimes as a singer, right? Like, it's annoying enough. It, when it, think about when people hear their voice recorded for the first time on a video and be like, oh my God, is that what I sound like? Oh, it's horrible. And it makes you feel yuck. Yeah, and then then you record it and you're singing same thing, but even like worse almost.
0: Yeah, because
1: it's even more emotional, and you're writing words and expressing yourself. Yeah. So after having been doing it for so many years, I just got to the, that romantic record. I was like, shut up, man! I don't want to hear your voice. I hate you. I I have, you and it sounds
0: it. wrong. It like doesn't even sound correct, or that you're even doing it properly.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I was fucking, I was done with it. So, but then I, the the new record's like half instrumental, half singing, which is a nice balance for me. I think I like, to, yeah, I always like to do instrumental pieces because I don't always have that much to say lyrically. And I think, like I said, if you're going to sing and use lyrics, then they should be really good mm. because we don't need more songs, like just taking up um digital space and kind of contributing to the noise pollution of the planet without like maybe at least trying to say something that's i don't know good but who's to say i mean maybe i'm maybe my lyrics are fucking terrible and my songs are shit ass but uh i put a lot of effort into trying to get out anyway
0: for sure who um would you say have been your inspirations or who have you been listening to through these periods of time
1: making this Yeah, yes a lot of like Elvis and frank sinatra and roy orbison scott walker my, um what's the other guy's name dean martin like crooners love yeah. love myself some crooners and then that mixed with a lot of composers so henry mancini is a guy Sort of like 50s 60s composers henry mancini a guy named martin denny a guy named les baxter some Ennio morricone just those kind of film score, composory people from yeah, back cool. in the day. Them mixed with the crooners, just, excuse me, creates that kind of old world romanticism that I'm kind of obsessed with yeah Yeah. I can see that
0: that's it yeah yeah you can really see that in your music I think now that you say that yeah yeah
1: absolutely that's that's what I really what really um who my ears have been what my ears have been gravitating towards for the last five or so years and I guess it's that and then but then when it comes to the lyric side of it trying to just be as honest as i can and it's sort of like honest in a self-deprecatory if that's even a word way i just i was at a gig once in la about three or four years ago and every artist that got up to perform all had a song about their ex like their breakup song You're like anyway this is about the ex they're they're a piece of shit and they were bad for me. But anyway, I moved on and I'm so much better without them. And, and then that was like the girl, right? Then this guy gets up, he's the next guy. He's like, this one's about a bad ex. They're a bad, bad, she's a bad bitch. Fuck her. She didn't, she didn't. And it's like, so hang on a second. Every one of you it was, was like a perfect person in this relationship and it was all your ex's fault and none of you are culpable or have any like guilt. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is total bullshit. So I think with the songs that I've been writing, especially when it was it's, it's about relationships, or so their love songs. I try and tell the truth about them. It's like, yeah, I love you sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I hate you, and sometimes I fucking hate myself. And trying to like just yeah. be yeah, a bit more real about the way that I that I felt. I think I, I've probably always tried to do that, but I think getting older as well, I just the more and more cliches I hear, the further and further away I want to get from them. So
0: yeah, just you know, sure. trying
1: to like. Yeah, make yourself, hold myself accountable and guilty about a lot of the things that I've said and done. And yeah, it felt more real to do it that way.
0: Yeah. I also think um, songs that are written from another perspective are really cool. Um, Yeah. Which is like really interesting because, I mean, that seems a lot harder to do, (laughs) but completely out of yourself and try and...
1: We do that a lot with Telling Over. Yeah. Ange Ange and I, because we right the majority of the lyrics together and we definitely yeah we'll we'll start sometimes she started something already or we just have to sort of jumble something together to begin with but as soon as we find a theme of what the character for the song is going to be about we find it really it's quite easy once you know what the character is but the hard part is defining the character and figuring out what the story is going to be but that's made it that's been really fun the lyric writing side of Telenova over doing it with Ange, the two of us and creating. And there's also, we've almost like got a character that she, that edge has like an, like a, yeah, like an alternate. Sort of sort of yeah. Yeah. That we sort of know that there's like this, this sort of other woman that she becomes. I'm like, so what's she doing this time?
0: Yeah.
1: And then we sort of write from that perspective.
0: Nice. Um, so how would you say like the process of creating this album has differed from your previous albums?
1: Mainly in that I let the producer Tony Buchan take a lot of control over it. I sort of took him a lot of the songs just as piano and vocals you know with all the lyrics and the chords and everything written and had like a just a basic demo in that form and we would sort of discuss together what we thought the song needed so just taking them in a really bare bones way Mm. and i don't feel like i've really done that so much before with the last record i did most of it myself with the one before that it was a a friend of mine, Jack Arens, from a band called uh, Cult Kiss in Melbourne. He's excellent. But we would sort of just experiment on the computer together and throw bits and pieces together until we came up with something. But this one was very much here is a song and let's figure out how to arrange it together, which was cool. And I really trusted Tony and he's it was great. I'm very happy with the results that we got. Cool.
0: And like along with that, I'm assuming you wouldn't want to be doing the same thing in every different project that you do and that there's a difference within all of them that kind of brings some sort of excitement for you to want to be a part of each one um how would you say they kind of all differ from each other and like what's something that each of them bring
1: yeah sure I think Telenova the I love working with Ed and Edge. Ed's got great ideas he's awesome with beats and sounds and things like that. Ange has such an incredible voice. Having that as the lead instrument of the band is so fun to... Yeah, it feels great being able to, for me to write chord parts and then have Ed come up with beat ideas and then have Ange sing. It's like we all sort of contribute our different um, parts of the of the process towards the songs. Uh, with the solo stuff, it's just kind of whatever I feel inspired or not not even inspired. I'm also just like whenever I want to do something or, or feel the need to get something out. I just, I've got lots of songs lined up, ready to go for another one. With Miami Heart, it's really, I work with Ben a little bit, but it's mainly just me getting to be a front person, which is really fun. I get to pretend I'm Freddie Mercury sometimes yeah, and just shake my ass and play guitar solos and um entertain which is and sort of devoid of like I never had to worry about ticket sales or the business side of it because Ben was running it and I'm sort of like that part of it was never I was never involved in it so I just got it it meant that when I walked on stage I felt free from like any sort of worry and Yeah. yeah you could really just kind of get into that character of entertainment and feeling it um enjoying myself yeah i think that's all of the bands i have a rock band called all the colors but we're not doing that anymore (laughs) because rock and roll doesn't pay at the moment yes and some yeah i think i I was saying to another guy that i think i've probably got some rock constipation (laughs) that will need to um come out at some point yeah there's a few riffs. There's a few rock riffs probably waiting, but who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, uh, maybe my rock days are over.
0: Maybe. Or maybe rock will come back. Who knows?
1: Yeah. By the time it comes back, I'll be doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be too slow. You just, you can't time anything. You've just got to keep doing what you're doing. and Yeah. Which is what I've always done. And some projects work. Sometimes you're at the right place at the right time. Others, no one's cared about it all. But I guess if you're, fortunate enough to be able to continue and good enough and around enough talented people you know you sort of should hopefully get lucky somewhere along the way
0: yeah nice um so you've played a bunch of gigs um you've played coachella live out mexico city breakfast colombia big day out Groove of the move just to name a
1: few. Um, yeah, you're just reading exactly what my bio says. Yes. Because it even says like just to name a few or something. Or oh, like does it thing. really
0: say just to name a few? Well,
1: I think I said that initially and then I took it out because I sounded like a wanker. Um, but it is, but it no, is. I
0: sound like a wanker.
1: <laughs> No, you don't because you're you're the, you're supposed to be fluffing me and making me feel good. But when I was saying it myself, I sounded like a cocksucker. Um, but, yes, I have played all of those cool. festivals and a lot um, more that I actually couldn't – it's not that I can't remember. It's just there's been a lot of gigs over the years, especially yeah. mainly with – most of that stuff is with Miami Horror and we forget to remember that's all until someone goes, oh, remember when we did that one? Oh, yeah, that was sick.
0: Wow. That leads me to my question – Um, I like to kind of end the episodes by asking a gig horror story where everything went horribly wrong and just shit hit the fan. And then along with that, a really nice gig, probably one of your best gigs, a nice memory to go along with that.
1: There's so many horrible Miami horror gigs. Like, it would happen. There's a real problem with technology not being what it needed to be in order for us to perform like now everyone can use the computer and the playback unit works well and everyone's got backing tracks and it works fine but in 2010 or 9 when Miami Horror started it just it's like it wasn't solid yet. And also Aaron, the guy in the band who would run it, was always trying to push it to its limits to like get it to do more than it needed to do. And so I feel like one out of every five Miami Horror gigs, something would fuck up in the computer and it would skip or a song would just freak out. It, it was actually, it's like giving me anxiety sort of thinking about it. If you spoke to Ben, he would, be, he'd probably be having a meltdown but the best thing about when that would happen is that it would suddenly mean you're sort of floating in a netherworld and, and, and being the front person it's like okay well the fucking we can't, we're not playing a real song anymore. The computer's broken down. So, what do I have to do to keep people entertained for the next five minutes while they figure out what it is? And it usually meant playing a cover or a song, like a Beatles song or <laughs> some, something that people knew and getting everyone to sing along with me. It was really fun. I used to love it. I was like, I would wait and really enjoy when the computer would break down. I was like, yes, it's my moment with my guitar. Yeah. The microphone, and now I can, you know, sort of do my do my thing and get yeah, to be the a real Freddie Mercury moment. moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so for all of the Miami horror stories that there were of that happening. It also became something that I almost looked forward to. And then when Aaron left, it's funny, when Aaron left the band, we got a new guy in to reset the backing track stuff up for us. And it has never happened again since. So I'm like, oh, I think it was just him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just a bit cursed with computers. I don't know. It was like, I think he was always just trying to do too much and never simplified. It was always like, overdoing it making it complicated so yeah that's that and then then some gigs that have just been like just terrible from the get-go where i don't know, I feel like we went out to somewhere in victoria with my rock band all the colors and played on the back of some flatbed truck to <laughs> children rollerblading, and we we're like
0: that's like typical rock gig moment yeah Little
1: a DIY ramp that someone bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we all definitely had a crisis that night. We started questioning everything that we were doing, and I feel like the band only lasted a year longer than that. Anyway, it <laughs> was sort of yeah. But Coachella was fun. A bunch of the other those big festivals are really fun to do. More, you know, the show's great. The performance is cool, but just being there to meet people and get to watch a lot of other great yeah. artists and stuff—that's what's so cool about all of it. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. It's been. Hey,
1: Vic, my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: No worries. Um, good luck with your album release. Are you doing anything on the day or are you just going to?
1: Probably rehearsing something really yeah. boring like that. Cool. Um, I guess, wait, hang on. The release comes out before I have the gig. So, no, I don't really stop enough to smell the roses.
0: Yeah, I think maybe I'll you possibly- should take like a five minute oh it's out cheers
1: yeah i don't know who i'll be celebrating it with i'm not not in a band with anyone it's just me it's like
0: like your barista um, at the cafe hey guys
1: cheers yeah guys me look me i did something today (laughs) celebrate me yeah i know i'm not sure what i'll do I'll, maybe I'll listen to it. Oh, nice! That's that's probably a good thing to do.
0: Yeah,
1: I will just listen to it to check that it's not fucked. Yeah, yeah, so true. We can, we can listen through it on Spotify and make sure it all works. There will be something wrong. You know, someone will have uploaded something. There'll be a, the, the song title will be wrong or something. Yeah, like something
0: that. always is.
1: Yeah, so that'll be the celebration of someone's incompetence. <laughs>
0: wonderful well I usually do a cheers at the end of the episodes with whatever object you have around you can be anything
1: yeah I've got a giant green smoothie thing that I've been drinking
0: beautiful I've got a green half drinking drinking matcha
1: yeah there you go do you touch it on your screen there you go yeah is it beautiful